and what America needs now. The Illinois Democrat adding that many of Americans are struggling financially. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. You guys, your customer service and everything, you guys are great. And the commercials talk about it, but I don't know if it really gives it true justice. People need to know. This is maybe the most amazing product I've ever tried. It's so pure, it tastes so good. I'm just blown away by it. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. You can get the best night's sleep of your life at the best savings you'll ever find. The MyPillow Premium Pillow is on sale right now. A standard or queen premium MyPillow, $29.98, king size, only $5 more. That's a $40 savings. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio offer square, use my promo code USA, or call 1-800-951-8175. Also, great savings on all the MyPillow products. MyPillow.com, promo code USA. World War II veteran Michael Tibbs is among the first people in the world to receive Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine. The 99-year-old saying he's very lucky that the vaccine is finally here. Well, I think we are very lucky in this country to have it. And I urge everybody who can get it to have it because it is, it's so insidious, this disease. A judge in Los Angeles is doing what he can to help restaurant owners affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Los Angeles Superior Court Judge James Chalfant is helping shuttered restaurant owners with his ruling Tuesday. The judge ruled Los Angeles County health officials acted arbitrarily and without a proper risk-benefit analysis when they banned outdoor dining as a China virus control measure. When he asked L.A. County health officials for science behind their lockdown order, they had no science or studies. The decision won't immediately restore in-person dining. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. You're listening to USA Radio News. Zinworld Premium CBD offers full and broad spectrum CBD oil, extracts, and capsules which are designed to help you feel your best. Their products are sourced from the best organic hemp and natural ingredients on the market and are tested for quality, purity, and potency. They have a full range of items from health and wellness to beauty to pets. Call 725-205-9223. Visit online at zinworld.com or stop by their location at 9895 South Maryland Parkway and Silverado Ranch Parkway. Mention KSHP for 10% off in-store or use code KSHP online for 15% off. Monday night is now comedy night at the Artisan Hotel, 1501 West Sahara at the I-15. The fun begins at 8 p.m. Future Role Models Live is presented by comedian, actress, and Second City alum Natasha Pearl Hansen and features some of the best comics from across the country. Tickets are $10 pre-sale through eventbrite.com and $15 at the door. For bottles and VIP reservations, call 702-214-4000. Must be 21 to attend. Visit artisanhotel.com to check out what's going on or what's coming off at the Artisan. Shopping is always easy with the Radio Shopping Show. Whether it's shopping during any one of our live shows right here on AM 1400 or listening live on the KSHP app, you can always call in at 702-221-7283 to pick up great deals with your favorite host. Or shop 24-7 at KSHP.com. Go to KSHP.com and select Shopper's Guide to browse hundreds of businesses featured on the show. Place your order online and we'll have it shipped right to your front door. With so many possibilities, it's hard not to shop. 
Are you ready for the adrenaline rush of a lifetime? Flightline's Bootleg Canyon lets you soar down four separate zip lines spanning over a mile and a half at speeds up to 60 miles per hour. This guided three-hour tour and adventure will make memories for a lifetime. Flightline's is perfect for bachelor and bachelorette parties, birthdays, or just a day with friends. For info and tickets, check them out online at Flightline's with a Z, bootleg.com. That's flightlinesbootleg.com. Experience the rush at Flightline's Bootleg Canyon. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. 1-800-209-1670. 1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. Folks, it's a Wednesday. That means time for another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you in Las Vegas. And we got one big, happy, hot stove conference call coming. David Miller usually comes in studio, joins us on the hopper today, along with the boys back east, John and Mike. All right, there's a round table. I mean, if you want to say all say hello at the same time, go ahead. Hi. Hi. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> uh, two highs and a hello. All right. It works. Hello, kids. How you doing? Uh, congratulations. Your Ravens got a W last night, but I will tell you this, my friends. Something don't look right with the Baltimore Ravens. 
That was a winnable game for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a batch of idiots. The model to beat the Ravens has been put out there by everybody, and that's don't blitz Lamar Jackson. What are the what are the Cowboys doing? Blitzing this guy, 13 carries, almost 100 yards rushing. Make him be a quarterback. That was a close football game. The Cowboys are a bunch of idiots. Well, Brian, I mean, we have the, the way that even with COVID and certain guys coming back like Lamar and Calais Campbell, they came back off the list. We still had two of our pieces that have been really – part of the passing attack the entire year without Andrews in there. We really don't have a backup tight end with Nick Boyle is on the IR and we traded Hurst and Willie Sneed, who's one of our best possession receivers, wasn't there. Des Bryant got COVID somehow three minutes before the game. Come on now, Des Bryant. Come on, Des Bryant. Let's go next. I'm just (laughs) all I'm saying is just I'm throwing that in there. I know, but but let me ask you this on Twitter. But let me ask you this. And and I'm, I'm coming at you. I have a couple chuckles here. Something ain't right with these guys. They they do not look like the Baltimore Ravens. And they are on the outside looking in. If I'd have said to all three of any one of the three of you, you'd have hung up or said, we're not doing this radio show this year. If I'd have said to you before the season, the Ravens could miss the playoffs. And believe me, they're, they're walking a tightrope here in a 40-mile-an-hour wind. They're not playing well. Not playing well, but and, and what's even weirder, as I'm looking at the line for Monday night, we're going into Cleveland, and somehow they have us as a one-point favorite. I mean, even from a huge, you know, biased standpoint that I have, I can't believe that they're a one-point favorite at Cleveland on Monday night when Cleveland's been playing extremely well. Mike, the advance line was Baltimore minus three. And it's down to one. All the money's all the money. It's funny. We've seen a number of these games in, in this past week. Uh, two of them were, were wrapped around the Bills, where the Bills were a favorite going to San Fran. All the money came on San Fran, flipped around. San Fran was the favorite. All the, Pittsburgh, the advance line, Pittsburgh was favorite. Now all the money's on Buffalo. Now Buffalo's the favorite. And now I'm telling you, Baltimore was a three-point favorite with the advance line. By the time this thing kicks off, the Browns will be one-and-a-half, two-point two favorites. I mean, we're seeing that, that after what week do, after week. What do you think about the Bills line? Do you think that one's right on, Brian? Yeah, you know, honestly, guys, I I was very leery of the Bills on Monday night because they were looking ahead to Pittsburgh. They've had that game circled. They wanted to be the team to knock them from the, the unbeaten ranks. Um, and the, the only thing that scares me a little bit is Pittsburgh loses a game and how they react off the loss. But beyond that, I, I I was all about got the Bills plus two and a half, you know. Before in the advance line, this game's going to close three. Oh, nice! And that's you, an, have, you have two and a half there. Yeah, but that's an over. See, it's an I'm not saying it's an overreaction, but Pittsburgh is a. It's funny. Pittsburgh's a very public team. This thing's going to steam to Buffalo minus three, but that's because oh, people saw saw the Bills on Monday night and what they last saw. Steelers lose, Bills win. It's you know the num from a number right, perspective, so it's an over three spot. Yeah, from a from a number standpoint, if it's an overreaction. Uh, but I very much like the Bills in this game, and then being the, the knowing the Bills, they'll win this game, and then they'll stub their toe down the road here somewhere. But I I think. I I think Pittsburgh. I think it's a calling card for the Bills. Though you know the one thing, guys, we talked about it last week. For teams like Cleveland, Monday Night Football, the Bills, Monday Night Football, 
Sunday night football. The Bills, you know, the Bills on Sunday night football. What? What is that? These players, they rise to the occasion because they don't get any pub or notice around the league. But when you when you're a good team and all of a sudden you end up on primetime football, these are opportunities for these players to have their peers watch them play and get voted into Pro Bowls and things like that. So teams like Cleveland and Buffalo, it's a big deal to be on prime time. Well, well it's, it's, what's that, going? It's, go yeah, ahead. it's that, and then the Steelers though coming off a loss. I, I struggle to find out, or to I don't know who has the emotional edge here. You're saying they've been circling this game all year. The Steelers win every game, then lose one. No, this is this is hard to know who has the emotional edge. No, it, it, Boy, it, I, the Steelers' loss confounds the issue. If the Steelers were yeah, coming, in, if the Steelers were coming in here unbeaten, I think the Bills would have killed them. Well, and also right. the Steelers have been playing with fire for weeks now. It's not like they've just been blowing teams out. They've right. been winning games, but they've been winning them. You know, they were tough games. They came down to the fourth quarter. Everybody's been talking about that they're not a standard, you know, year after year when we've ever seen an 11 and 0 team. That there have been people say they're the worst 11 and well 11 and one team now out there. But you got to look this far into the season. I always look at, you know, the record doesn't always indicate how good the team is right now. The record, to me, is what they've played in the past, but with injuries amounting, and the Steelers have faced a couple big injuries over the last couple of weeks where they lost two of their big best defensive players. And now you could see that where teams are able to run on them. Yeah. They're, they're a really good team and overall defensively, they still have enough talent to be able to compete, but offensively they drop the ball all the time. They have yes. no running game. Good call. Mike. And I mean, it's this, the, this Johnson it's bills, this Johnson kid drops passes every – I mean, he's open. Claypool drop pass. The only guy that doesn't drop passes is Juju, but he can't really run routes. Mm-hmm. They only use him for five-yard routes. And when you don't have a running game and Big Ben wants to get rid of the ball so quick, and if those guys are not catching the ball, I mean, what what did – I mean, what did um, the Redskins do? They played everybody in front. They let those five- to ten-yard routes happen, and they tackled. And – they just didn't catch the ball. So they were they saying, look, you could beat us up and down the field, but we're going to be that good in the red zone that we're not going to give up touchdowns. And the game plan worked. And I think the Bills right now were early in the season. Trey White was hurt. Um, they had a couple other injuries on the defense. I feel like right now they're healthy. They're, they're playing incredible defense. They're flying to the ball. And it's going to be tough for Pittsburgh to be able to, one, handle Josh Allen the way he's playing right now. I mean, I feel like he's taking that next step that we all were hoping for early in the season. He had a couple really good games, but then he regressed a little bit. I don't know if it was really no, a regression. No, but no, he was hurt. It, it, he was hurt. He was hurt, right. He got knocked and out the of the rate. He had a bad shoulder. Right. Shoulder and that knee last game right. where he got bent, you know, awkward. But I feel like now he's coming into his own because – and he didn't even have John Brown. And even without him, they have so many weapons with Cole Beasley um, – Obviously, and Diggs is finally coming into his own. They're getting him the ball. They have that mold where I believe they could beat the Steelers at home. And I think the line is right, though. It's two. And a, that's what I would predict the line to be before it even came out when I do my forecasting line. So it's going to be a great game, but the Steelers are in trouble. I think they're a type of team that they need to be able to have that stout defense with all those injuries that they've had. It's now catching up to them. The one thing I would just say, we'll move on from that game, but I think that game is –
telling on a lot of fronts. It would be interesting to hear what you guys think. Uh, but the one thing you mentioned it to, to it, Mike, and it was a very good point. The, the Bills, the past couple of years, Allen didn't have the weapons. He got he got Brown and Beasley last year helped, but their defense in recent years has been a top five defense. Their defense has been ordinary this year, but that's because their linebackers Edmonds and Milano have been hurt. They've had a bye. Milano returned to the lineup, and Trey White's picking off passes again. He's a lockdown corner. The Bills' defense is starting to become the Bills' defense as the Bills' offense has turned into one of the better offenses in the league, which makes them dangerous. Their running game is still sketchy, and that's that's maybe their weak point. But teams are different at different stages of the year. A lot of it's uh, you know based on health. I, I, David, let me th- I throw this at you. And, and John, too, I, there's a game on the card, and we always have our, our play, our free play. We didn't go over that. Uh-oh. I know we didn't. So I'm going to throw this at, at you. And it's funny. I mean, you're very based on numbers, and it's a, a standard take. I mean, you know, but at least it, it's, it's a starting point, things of that ilk. I'm very much a read-between-the-lines uh, read guy and the eyeball test. There's a game of its own accord. I love the game, and there's another reason I love it even more, and that's Kansas City at Miami. And I'm sitting there going, "Please tell me there's going to be sharp money to take the hook, get this thing down to seven. It finally happened. Uh, the Chiefs are seven and a half. It's down to seven. Kansas City yeah. has been clowning yeah. around, playing like just, just you know, whatever. I mean, fun, going through the motions, winning game after game." Letting teams hang around. Miami's offense cannot keep pace with them. I mean, it's a correlated deal. If you think Miami is in this game, the safer bet is to bet the under because they right. cannot keep pace with them. So there's that for yeah, starters. If no, if you like Miami, but I don't like Miami. I think Kansas City takes these guys to the woodshed, and yeah. and there's a reason the, the 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 of the just the fact the game's the game. And Kansas City's got to stop letting teams hang around. But the reason, and I think it's like a cherry on a Sunday for us that's hit a little hidden gem, I think, is they are playing an afternoon game. And they know that right now the Steelers and Chiefs are tied for the bye. But the Steelers have the tiebreaker at the moment. The Chiefs are going to go in there. I think they're going to pound Miami to put the pressure on Pittsburgh for the night game. I mean, I, I think it's like it's like a statement thing. Go in there, and they're going to put added pressure on Pittsburgh for the game in Buffalo. I think Kansas City rolls these guys this week. Yeah, yeah, that's solid. All of that was solid. Um, the only thing I hate is in any sport late in the year, really laying a big number with a team that's in first, first or second like this. But it, it makes sense. I love it because Miami's kind of been playing over their head too I feel so it's a good spot and Chiefs yeah just barely winning these games they had to they had to win on the final drive against the Raiders last week Denver hung in there so yeah makes sense makes sense that the line's light should be probably eight and a half what does what does Mr. Syndicate think well it's not like the number one team against the spread is the Miami Dolphins nine and three they're the only money 
They are the money most hey, money-making. Hey, hey, Mr. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Really? Are you squeezing us in? Like, are you, you know, I mean, you're big time in this. You're Mr. Speaker phone now. No, 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 no. I had to, I had the, uh, I didn't want you to hear my deep breathing while you guys were oh, talking. Oh, well, that, that's very yeah. courteous of you. like crazy. Your uh, phone's yeah. ringing like crazy <laughs> out there. Look, look, you know, look, the, Miami is the number one team against the spread. Right now they have the number one spot. Miami is nine and three against the spread, 75%. So while Kansas City is uh, six and six, dead even. But I would so, counter that with that's why we're getting such a such a. I, I agree because seven I, I, is so low for the Chiefs being just so high powered and and obviously the best team. I feel seven. I agree with him. I feel seven's definitely. So let, light. Let, let real quick though, coming off last night's game, the worst team against the spread after twelve weeks is the Dallas Cowboys. They are two and twelve against the spread. Remember in but, reality, yeah, but weren't they, were, they but weren't they zero and twelve or zero yeah, and so eleven actually, or something? Yeah, lost right. fifteen in a row or something. Yeah. So basically, they, they lost. They lost. They lost sixteen in a row. Then they've lost. Wow. They haven't covered ten. So they're two. It's ridiculous. It's like they're two and twenty against the spread over two years. It's the nation so team that's that everybody loves. Square to pick back. of the week. Chiefs minus seven is our square pick. We'll there, call you it square. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know what? I don't, I don't care if it's square, oval, oblong. I don't care what it is, as long as it's a winner. <laughs> I mean, look. Uh, I'm looking at last night was like, again. I understand you have to, you know, getting points is valuable, but man, I mean, like people have a short, you talk about throwing out the last couple games and people were talking about Dallas beating Minnesota outright. But you know, when you talk about throwing out the last couple games, it's not only the bad games, Brian, it's also the good games. I talked to so many clients that were pumped up on Dallas, man, they beat Minnesota blow. And I'm like, like, you know, again, when do you throw out the good games, not just the bad games? You know, looking backwards, that confirmation bias, you say, oh, this team got blown out. But I noticed that there's also a a propensity, and and Dave picked up on this a few weeks ago. The minute a team wins a game, no matter how bad they were doing, everybody draws into the team winning on the next wager when they play. Well, I would. I I don't know about 100% of the time, but yeah. Yeah, you could have a team, nobody wants to bank them, bet on them for five weeks in a row. They win one game like against the Rams exactly. or, or the Colts, and yeah, all of a sudden, oh wow, okay, they are good. When it's, when right, exactly. it's just well, it was just one game. Well, how many teams or how many people, guys and Mike, I'll let you have it. How many people are going to go? Oh well, okay, the Ravens beat the Browns thirty-eight to six. I mean that game, that opener, that game never happened. I mean, that's the way you have to look at this. But people will look at it. I mean, you could say, oh, there's revenge. But they'll go, oh, yeah, but the Ravens killed them. But it was the opener. And the Ravens always win all their preseason games and then kill people in the opener. This year there were no preseasons games. And the Browns happened to be the victim in the opener. That's what Harbaugh always does in the opener. To turn it 13 weeks down the road, this game's a coin flip. Well, of course, it's it's one of those scenarios where, especially in this type of off season where there wasn't an off season, you know, having to play on the road, a lot of guys aren't conditioned. That game is a completely you have to throw it out. I mean, thirteen weeks later, you know, the Browns are a completely different molded team. Um, the way that the confidence 
coming off that huge win in Tennessee last week. Now they're coming home Monday Night Football. They want to, and especially being such a tough division game for us, you know, everybody always says, you know, because it's Ravens-Steelers, that's the main, obviously it's always going to be the main game in the division, but we've always had a really big rivalry against Cleveland as well. They want to beat us just as much as the Steelers want to beat us, and especially on Monday Night Football. And the way Baker's been playing, the way that they've been running the ball, that's been our Achilles heel year after year where they beat us last year um, running the ball on us consistently. So it's something I, coming from, you know, watching the Ravens this year, you just don't know where you're going to get week to week. Some weeks you're going to get a performance like last night where we just grind it out and win, and in last year it was a completely different team. So I'm just hoping that they sort of build the momentum from even last week's loss and coming home and, and getting the job done and now going to Cleveland because, again, it's a must-win game at this point if they want to make the playoffs. But we have the talent, so it, it, at the end of the day, if we could run the ball and control the possession and be able to play good defense and stop the run, we could beat Cleveland on the road. All right, guys, what do you think about the Eagles starting Hurts? Let's hear everybody's thoughts. Uh, have to do it. I mean, they have it, can't, it can't get any worse. I agree with Brian. <clears throat> that's, that's I just don't think it's going to get any better. That's my pick, the Eagles. I'm going to give that as because you know our loyal listeners want a pick. They want it. They want us to give a pick. So we didn't really go over it. That's going to be mine, though. I'll definitely. I mean, what I like that, Dave, and the, and the reason for that, I always like when a quarterback comes in for his first game when there's no real film on him yet, and his talent alone, because he's a dual threat quarterback to get the job done. You could you saw when he came in, yeah, he threw an interception, but against Green Bay, he ran around, he made plays. There's no tape on him outside of college. So this is the type of game where he could definitely perform and definitely keep him close. They're getting a touchdown. You know, they're getting a seven and a half right now is what I'm seeing on the board against the New Orleans team that, yes, they are winning, but they're not blowing teams out, especially on the road. It's going to be a tough place to play. And, you know, I I didn't even know this. I can see this being a a much closer game. The Saints have won nine in a row, so that's that kind of puts it into so so, so that explains why the number's so high. Uh, they did cover they covered last week. Actually, they've covered I believe. Don't quote me on this, but I think they've covered five in a row. Yeah. Well, I, I'll throw so, I'll throw one other thing in there uh, that makes that interesting is. The motivation, believe me, is there for New Orleans because they, they want the number one seed. But they got Kansas City in the on-deck circle. I mean, that's a whale of a game coming up next week. So it could be a, a bit of a look ahead. The one thing is they uh-huh. don't – They don't. I mean, I, the only thing that scares me, David, on that is that New Orleans could sit there and be saying to themselves, well, look, uh, we're in good shape against um, – Green Bay for the number one seed. And if they lose to Kansas City, the the one thing that's good about that is it's an out-of-conference game. That New Orleans will say, knowing that that banana peel is potentially there next week, I wonder if there's a real sense of desperation with New Orleans because the last thing they want to do is lose two in a row and blow the number one seed. I just think every pro there is just licking their lips for seven and a half. And every amateur is just Gonna lay whatever it is Sunday morning. This is how I feel about the game, and it looks like the Eagles are trying at least. 
I like how they at least tried to come back last game. Well, the, I the one thing, watched a little bit of that. You know, sorry, the, John. You know the key to the game. <laughs> the key to the oh wow. You wait a minute. Hold on. Breaking news. What you watched the game? No, 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 no. I watched maybe a couple of series. No, no, I don't watch games. Remember, <laughs> that's a sign of weakness. <laughs> so what do you say? Are you saying that I got to say I watch at least once? Are you saying because I watch every single game and every single play as to the best of my ability from one o'clock on Sunday till the time the well, last you know snap is for the you team. even know who started for my high school football team you know everything so no I I, I I I know you're a huge fan too I'm saying for betting purposes to just focus on every single play of every game all this does is confuse you it, it's a leveling spot unless you know what something un- wait a minute wait a minute Unless you know what you're looking for. <laughs> well, yeah, you're picking apart. You're picking apart certain things, but most of the time, when you when you have a, like a base model, and then you, your eyes are watching the television, you can talk yourself out of of a clear cut decision based on your model. That's what I meant. But I mean, finding finding little things um, to to bet on by by the eye test, as you call it. I, I get that. I understand that. I mean, mostly but, it's in-game and halftime stuff, you know, is right. that. Um, and, and this can just be a fundamental that you see with your eyes that that no uh, model, I know you guys love that word, that no model will will tell you uh, well, because it's just going off of, like, pregame numbers, et cetera. Well, let's talk about that real quick. You talk about yesterday's game, and they make Dallas a team that's 2-10 against the spread. A three and a half point favorite at Cincinnati. Well, well, Cincinnati's equally as bad, right? But, but wait a minute, nah, not that bad. Hold, well, hold on a second. They're really bad. Hold on a second, guys. Dallas had a chance to win that game. Exactly. Dallas played. Dallas listen, played reasonably well last David, night. David, Cincinnati is seven and five against the spread this season, and Dallas is two and ten. I'll take my chances with the Bengals at home plus three and a half. See, I thought you were going to say anytime I get a home dog getting more than the, the – getting the Well, I'll let three. you say that. Well, those random trends to me just – so you're so they're 7-5 and five with a 2-9 and nine record? I mean, that is interesting. I never I Yeah, never they're 7-5 and five against the spread. So, so, so one thing you have going with that random trend is they – They're winning his dogs. They're, they're covering his dogs. No, but, right. but yeah, Occam's Razor, if they're 2-9, and nine, so they're awful record-wise – but they're covering the spread somehow, which you rarely see that. That means they are probably undervalued. So, so I actually like that. I, that but, you just told me that. But the, but the yes, but the other aspect of this is know that the odds makers' goal at the well is to make money, and the way they do that, they don't want a team when it's all said and done being two and fourteen against the spread. You know, they want I'm teams. I'm glad he told me that. They want teams to be eight and eight against the spread. Boy, they want them to be late, eight and eight over. Wait, it's two. Yeah, but it, on the on on the Cowboys, it's, it's too late. Well, two and ten. Right. Well, they at least But the point is, but the point is, they're going to be making these adjustments where people get puck shy to say, "Well, the Cowboys can't cover a spread," and they're going to inflate these numbers because they know the money's going to come the other way. Uh, you know, right. and you know, I'm telling you, the the goofball way to probably look at that game is that like we I played the over in the game last night because Dallas's defense is still Dallas's defense, 
And if, if it weren't for Dallas' defense, that game's going right down to the wire last night. And this could finally be, even though Cincinnati's been a gift the last couple of weeks, where are the points going to come from? Play the under. So the total's deflated on the Cincinnati side here because the, where are the points going to come from? Well, I'll tell you where the points are going to come from. They're playing Dallas this week. The value in this game is to play the over and be the contrarian and go the other way with the over. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds right. Yeah, you're, did you drink a Red Bull today? Did you finally have one? No, I enjoy my stomach lining. You're pumped. You're pumped. You're, you're, you're extra pumped. You're coming through with some good stuff. Well, uh, yeah, that sounds right. Because it's super low anyway to begin with. Uh, but but they've had tougher opponents, and, and it's been a struggle to score. So, yeah, I like it. What do you guys think? What do the beasts from the East think? Well, but, but, but very, very quickly, I mean, the last, you know, since Burrow got hurt, and it was like, well, where are the points going to come from? Well, look who they've played the last three games. The one thing you can say, mm-hmm. forget their records, but just the defenses they were facing. 20-9 to against Washington, 19-17 to against the Giants, 19-7 against the Dolphins. Well, the Redskins, the Giants, and the Dolphins' defenses – in the last, if not all year, but if in the last month, are playing almost as good as anybody's defense that's out there. Dallas's mm-hmm. defense is a dog's breakfast, you know. So, 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 let me ask you a question. I know they don't do it. What do you think this look ahead total would have been a couple of weeks back? Just, in, just hypothetically, what do you, what do you well, think the total with, would have been? With Burrow in or out? Out. I, probably about this. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't think there would have been any. I mean, you, Dallas still has offensive weapons. Although, is it me, guys? You watched that game last night. Is Ezekiel Elliott starting to look like Father Time? He, <laughs> well, looked, I mean, he looks slow, doesn't he? I mean, is, I don't, has I he don't hit think the it's wall? Zeke, it's, he was, I don't think, look, he came out of college as a good running back. But I never really said he was a top five back in the league because he had a literally the best offensive line. He had three all-pro guys on there for years. And as you've seen that offensive line have a lot of injuries and all those guys are gone, he just doesn't get through the hole that fast. And, of course, when you have an offensive line that's giving you, you know, open holes and you're able to not get touched for at least, you know, three, four yards down the field, of course you're going to be able to have those opportunities. But now that you've seen it throughout the entire season – He's not able to break away from anybody, and he just doesn't look that, you know, extra. He doesn't look that. Well, is, is he like the defi- is he the definition of the shelf life of a running back? Is five years? Because he's a physical I runner. I think he's an I think he's an average running back. Um, and that's it. I just don't think he's that. That's why they don't pay running backs because literally, if they decided to get rid of him and they could, you know, drop in Tony Pollard in there. He would probably give them the same type of performance on a much lesser cost. I don't know. If, maybe it's just me. I mean, it's the old eyeball test. Tony Pollard looks like Usain Bolt compared to Elliott. Right. So is that, that going to be our we – need, we need a free consensus play, and I actually like that one because Dallas has given up like 105 points um, the past three, three games. So it, it does seem, based on how bad their defense is playing, that, that, this, is, that this is too low. I mean, I'm good with it. All right. Is that going to be the official play? Do we sure. make it official? Over 43. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. You didn't sound very excited on the Eagles, so uh, let's let's do this one. 
Unless somebody has something better, I'm all ears. No, you no, no, I, I like that. And I, hey, I ain't knocking you off the Eagles. I, it's, I, I think the 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 Hertz kid's going to be highly motivated, and he came in and he ran around and he made some plays. And I think his mobility is a thing because Carson Wentz has been a crash test dummy. And the other thing I think you got going on your side is, you know, whenever you're playing on the Eagles, I really think Schwartz is a terrific defensive coordinator. And he might be able to dial something up here uh, to slow down Hill. You know, I think the Taysom Hill thing's still very much a work in progress. I kind of I kind of feel, too, that the Cowboys won't struggle to score this game either i, I like it okay i'm in oh let's let's do it I mean, our listeners you know they they rely on us for that one good pick to press <laughs> up right <laughs> uh what so. are what, what, we what would what it be week 14 i mean we, we were my god we, we went what about nine weeks in a row with one it felt like we were killing it and then we went two weeks in a row where we yep. our free pick lost and then i can't remember what we said last week um but I was real into it when we used to give it out because I because I, I would tell people that that was our play. So we're okay. gonna well, we got well, you guys, well, but never put too much on it. You know, everything is really no, tough. No, no. It's tough. It's NFL. You know, even if it's college, not, you don't you don't want to put too much on one play. Bankroll management. John really likes to preach that. He's all about that, right, John? I am, and like I said, especially with the you know, I, I wanted to talk about one more game. Also, how about the overreaction on? The Titans getting destroyed, and now they're laying nine at Jacksonville. Well, well where's I, the overreaction there? Because the line should probably, well, well, probably should have been seven, right? And they pumped it up. Well, 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 it looks like the early line on that right now. Can I? Can I? Tell I'm getting more into those early lines. What was the early line on that? Ten. 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 Wow. Yeah. Uh, let me. Can I tell a little but story? But it looks like now it's at seven and a half. Well, let me let me let me tell you a little story uh, with our buddy Kenny White. I've told this story before, but when we were at LVSC, we and we started doing the broadcasting side of things and all the things we were doing. Uh, we ended up we put out the odds makers poll, and what the odds maker poll was, you know, the in college football, the AP thing, you know, a team would lose and they drop ten spots or whatever. Uh, but how many times would you see number eight play number three and number eight was a four-and-a-half-point favorite, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're like, wait a minute. Th- those polls are phony. You know they're phony. There's biases and all this other nonsense. But one of the things we would do, uh, you know, a team could lose a game. Like number The 20th-ranked team in the country is, uh, like, say a middle, a good middle tier, say, a, like, a Cincinnati. You know, forget this year, but Cincinnati played – LSU and lost by a touchdown to LSU in their prime or something. You know, in the poll, they dropped five spots. If Cincinnati took LSU to the wire, even though they lost the game, we'd move them up in the poll four spots. Mm-hmm. All right? What you should. Okay. So I learned more about Tennessee this last week uh, than I would if they'd have won the game. Because I know going into that game, I was saying, watch out. Tennessee have played, they played Indianapolis, the Ravens, and then Indianapolis again. That's as tough a three-week stretch as you can get. And I said, that's a this is a horrible spot for Tennessee because the schedule's going to eat them up. They're going to be beat down and tired. They were down mm-hmm. 38-7 at the half. And I was talking to a buddy of mine in Cleveland at halftime. And I said, Vrabel's out of his mind. 
I said, if they don't score on the first possession of the second half, he should take uh, – he should absolutely take um, – I'm losing my marbles, Mike. Uh, the running back. Uh, the monster. Uh, of course. Uh, my brain went frozen here. The Ravens – No, the Ravens running back. The monster. The Small Lewis. The ten. The, I said the Ravens. The ten. The, Titans, no, the yeah. Titans. The, the Titans. I'm getting all. I'm all of. Derrick Henry. Thank my Derek God. Henry. Okay. They, they should take my. What a brain cramp that was. But they should take Derrick Henry. Maybe even take Tannehill out. Brown. Get him out of there. It ain't your day. Go home. Stay healthy. Live to fight another day. Well, they come out. They score on the first possession. These guys come all the way back. They really didn't have a chance to win the game. But they kept fighting and coming back. And I'm telling you, I learned more about that Tennessee team. Those guys don't have an ounce of quit in them. And I think I think so much more highly of Tennessee today. And I thought they were a matchup nightmare anyway because of Henry in the playoffs. But, I, I mean, just the heart they showed and the fact they didn't quit in that game. I like Tennessee even more today than I did before last weekend. How did how did they get back into the game? I wasn't watching that one. Was it turnovers? It was a first half, second half spot. You just kind of unload it. It was like you know I I didn't do it because obviously you know, I know you my trained me. But went way down from that game, but but I, I <laughs> it, well if you would have taken Tennessee in the second half, you would have rolled. They blew them out in the second half. Yeah, well, they do. They did. The one thing is they didn't abandon the run. Henry, you know, I mean Henry's a monster. They they just stuck so, with their so they game. They kept play. the run going even down thirty-eight seven. They they kept. How did that first drive go? Oh, it was. They scored Tennessee. a touchdown on the first drive. They went down the first, field like the a first, night the but, first, but it was a how. Here, the uh, the first drive was three plays, seventy-five yards. Took a minute and eight seconds. See if that happened, and I, that's why I had. Um, that's why I kept pressing Cleveland. It makes sense now. I lost on that one. That game was a nightmare for me. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, but you, even in, but the point is, I guess, even in defeat, you can learn good things about something. Yeah, or absolutely. or in defeat, down thirty-eight-seven to come back. That's 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 intense. No, no quit in them. I agree. So, so I think that, that, does so that answer like your question, game? John? Honestly, I don't think that number's high enough <laughs> on the Jacksonville yeah, thing. The seven. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, I I, I think. Uh, you know Tennessee's a weird team. Don't forget they they came out off that two week bye with did no practice and everything, and the world was dumping on them for the COVID stuff. And, and they beat Buffalo. And they yeah. and they they hammered the Bills. The game got away from it. Was close for a long time, but then they but they 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 played with a sense of purpose against a good team with basically no practice. So this is a that's a team that's got a lot of a lot of fortitude. Out of there's something about them. Okay, so what about college we'll basketball? We got what about I the Colts? I was just going to mention that, John. Go for it, Raiders, real quick. Oh, Colts, Raiders. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Colts laying three. Anyone got a feel for that? I mean, uh, yes. Such, the Raiders have been such a jack on high team this year. With that, if Jacobs plays, they're a different team, and I would completely rate it from a betting standpoint if he's in there or not. He's out. Because without him, he's out. So it, is he still questionable? I saw he's questionable as of this morning. Not out quite yet. Uh, basically, sounds like he wasn't going to be able to go this Unless week. he practices, yeah. So but, if he doesn't play without a running game, they only have Waller. 
and the Colts are really good against tight ends, it's going to be a tough place for them to play, obviously. But, again, we've been saying this all year, without fans, the home yeah, field no, advantage doesn't mean nearly as much this year. So it's right on. I think the line looks right on. It's right, right on. Not right. That one. It's, right, it's right there in front of your face, kids. It's right there for you. And the Jets. One more game. One more Wait, game. No, no, no. We ain't, done, we ain't done with the Raiders game. You're not done with that one. Okay. Let's, it's, let's right, it's right there in front of your face. They, they, they're going to score 60 points in that game. It, it, over. Rivers. Parlay it with the Cincinnati over. Rivers. <laughs> Rivers has got T.Y. Hilton back. They've got. We they've only got, parlay when it's correlated. Correlated. R- Rivers is. We need it correlated. Those two games aren't correlated at all, are they? No. So you're saying 14 parlay, side total, side total? Yeah, well, well no, that's really give the listeners okay, so something to be excited I, about. Well, let, let, let me tell you can why. I talk about can, that real quick? Well, let me tell you why it's an over. There's a reason. It's just, it's just a, hey, it's over. Uh, and then I'll give a betting tip when you're done. River, okay. Rivers is protecting the football and not turning the football over. T.Y. Hilton's back, and they got three running backs that are the same guy, but they're all good, and they're putting points on the board. But the reason the game goes over, the Raiders' secondary is already sketchy at best, and they're young and overly aggressive, but their two best DBs are out. Abrams, the safety, is out. Arnett, their first-round corner, is out. The Raiders have no defensive backs. I mean, literally, I mean, the, the Colts the, and, and Carr can stretch the field, and they've got the big play potential. It's indoors. I, I you know, I just think it's, it's a monster game. I mean, the Raiders, you know, just like a circle the wagons thing here. I mean, they, you know, with tiebreakers and things down the road. But the one thing I'm convinced of, it's a track meet. Here, I got a trivia let question. A, Where did Arnett go to tip? college? What was that? Trivia question. Where did Arnett, Brian, you can't answer this question strategically for yeah. John. Where did Arnett go to college? John Allen. What, what color is his hair? Very <laughs> nice. Just t- take a guess. I, can't, I, I, have to, I, I just look at screens. I have no idea. All right, Big Ten. Name a Big Ten school. Uh, Delaware Blue Hens. <laughs> Delaware Blue Hens. <laughs> right now at sixteen thirteen, the line oh, four. See how he changes Nolan's game. Go ahead. See how he changed the subject there, Mike. <laughs> that was good. Listen, I want to talk hair, real quick his, about me, college. His hair can is I, pink. Can I by give the a way, quick betting tip. Go ahead, quick please do. Tip. Okay. So what Mike said when I said when I said they're not correlated, and he said, "Okay, we'll do side total, side total." That's actually a slick way to to bet correlations, because usually when let's say you walk up and you and you do a two teamer, so you do a dog and an under or a favorite and over, which which would have a correlation, a bigger correlation uh, on bigger spreads or lower totals. The way that you can kind of get your bet approved and and it, it doesn't stand out is to actually take two different games and do side total side total for so for example you would lay uh seven you would lay seven with Tennessee and the over and then on the same ticket you might lay six and a half to the over on uh the Tampa Bay Minnesota game and they'll just kind of look at it real quick and approve it cuz it's got four legs on it. Does that make sense? So obviously mm-hmm. pick two games that you would like 
or that have good correlations. Not that you like, but it, it's more of a it's a more of a numbers thing. So you would take two two games that have like twelve point spreads and go dog under, dog under, and they just don't really notice it because there's the four legs. Just thought I would throw that out well, there now, really quick. That's a nice. trick that I do now. Now all the listeners know that's why they call D Mill the Bookie Buster. Well, well, he knows the trick to bust the book. If you if you take a thirteen point uh, dog to the under and try a high amount, they're just they, they don't want that bet because it just has an off the top edge and beats the juice because it's such a big spread. But it, but throw throw a second game with it, maybe lower the bet a little bit, and your expected values even more. But the variance will go way up because you have to hit uh, the side in total over two different games. But you'll be able to slide a lot of those in. Uh, you you can just slide those in easily with with the with the so four you, legs. That's a great tip. Now, have you guys uh, been watching any college basketball? Well, I know Dave doesn't, but Brian, have you been watching some college basketball this year? Oh, you do. Okay. Oh, I, I mean, I don't watch it. The, watch the hoops so far? No, I don't watch it, but I, I follow it all day. But I watched some of the plays, not the whole game. No, the game. The games look I mean, good. They look fine. The game. I have just taken advantage of the fact that in this college basketball season, home field advantage means absolutely right. nothing. And early in the season, I don't even know why they rank teams because, like last night, I was all over Illinois getting four, and they were at Duke. Duke's looked suspect the best all year, and just because they're at home, it's not. You know, it's not the normal Duke Arena where the guys, the fans are literally on the floor screaming in your face. It's a very, you know, it's not that many people in there, and but it's just so packed, and they're right on the floor, which it gives them such a huge advantage when they play at home. But when they're not there, well, I mean, what do you that, what do you think it is for Duke's home court? Has to have one type of value. One, one, one and a half. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Wait, 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 say that again. The, the, Duke's home court, can't the Cameron crazies? Oh, There's no crazy. I, I think no, 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 but no, I'm, no. I'm saying that's a four or five point home court, and I, I agree. But, but I think, I'm saying I, take that away right now. They're one, one and a half. Yeah, it's nothing. I think two. I, you know, well, I think two. Well, here you want the perfect example, the Michigan. Be something. Michigan State loses every year the big game early in the year. They play Kansas or Duke or Kentucky, and they always lose because all Izzo cares about is getting bright and winning at the end of the year. This year, Michigan State beat Duke because there were no fans. That was the only difference. Right. It still has to have some value because they're used to playing there. I mean, there has to be – if it's one, that's fine, but there has to be some right. value. One, one and a half, right. See, I think two. I think just it's your court, the other team travels – I think too, but I mean I can't prove it. You can't prove it. We're, it's just something to talk about. What do you think, Brian? What's you think? Nothing uh, zero. No, I, I think the fact that there are no fans is across the board a great equalizer for smallish mid majors playing big schools. That uh-huh. they go in there and it's a basketball game and it's like more like a scrimmage and but. And, and the runs don't happen as much. And I think the fact there are no fans is a great equalizer for the visiting dog, especially the, some of these mid-quality mid-majors. And I was I was going to throw one out at you that uh, is something I think I'm going to watch for here. I had Kent State catching 19 against Virginia. Uh, that was 
Not, they almost won outright. Well, it went to overtime, didn't it? I mean, they lost by right. seven. Yeah, correct. Uh, and they were catching 19. And I'm, I'm telling you, I think we got a thing that we can watch for and maybe make some dough on. And Kent State right, played played very well in that game. Like I said, took them to overtime. But I'm I'm looking at and then Kent State played last night. I'm just stupid computer. And they covered last night too easily. Well, that's what I'm right? I'm looking at here. Yeah. I'm trying to find out they they put up eighty. Uh, they eighty sixty six. They won by fourteen. They I won think. by fourteen. They beat Detroit Mersey. So I'm fuddling around here with the computer. But my point's going to be, I think. Virginia, the way they play defense and the half-court thing, and they slow you down and they take you out of their game. I would, I would look long and hard at teams playing Virginia, and the game after they play Virginia, I think you play on them because it will be such a breath of fresh air that they're not playing this stagnated half-court game, <laughs> yeah. and, and and that and it's either play play that the, the team that played Virginia play them over in their next game because they're going to go bananas after being just bored to a crawl, or they're going to cover. And I, it's I think tough to watch Virginia games. I agree with you. You know, so I I would just <laughs> extremely watch extremely tough to watch. Like, them. Yeah. I would watch like Virginia's got Villanova. Then they've got Notre Dame. See, the, the, the difference is you kind of get into conference play. But I, I think that would be an interesting thing to watch is the success ratio for teams the week – or the, I'm sorry, the game after they play Virginia, I think there's a chance they got a real high success ratio that, that, that they're just like, enough of this, we want to play. And they, they're loose and, and they're attacking the rim. And, and I, I think there's money to be made with teams after they play Virginia. So, so the so you the know what I'm, you're saying is to take them on the on the, so so nothing with the total. You don't take like the over the next game. You just bet that team against the spread. Uh, well, either the team or the or the or the or the team and the over. I I, I think I think they didn't do uh, any running the game before. Yeah, no, they, yeah, no, it's like you know the score is you know if you play Virginia, you're playing in the fifties, right? And then then the yeah. next game, you know, you got guys playing man on man, and you're going around them like they're tied to the post, and you're hey, look at me, I can play basketball again. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm I don't think I don't so think it's excited. crazy. I, I, I mean, funny, I, you're funny. You know, I mean, I, I think I, I think honestly, it's like you listen. We we did this for uh, a lot of years. Mark Lawrence, a good friend, had a thing with teams that were playing Pittsburgh. The week after they played Pittsburgh, they were like two and ten against the spread because Pittsburgh just used to beat people up. And then after three years of that working, when Seattle, the Seahawks, hit their heyday. But it was based on their defense with their physical, mean, and nasties. And I said to Mark, I said, I think we found another one. Sure enough, for the next two years, teams that played Seattle the following week were just awful against the spread because, you know, they were such a physical team. I mean, you can find these these things yeah. that do work. They have it's a shelf a fundamental life. for sure. They have a shelf life. You know, it's, it's I wouldn't a, bet it blindly, but it's a fundamental that would help your leans for sure. I mean, or I, I don't even, if it's that good. I don't know. I mean, just a quick question. We only got three minutes. I don't know. Just a survey. Who, who, uh, who do you think the toughest defense, most physical defense? Who's the most physical team in in football in the NFL? Do you think? I'm trying to think right now. It's a good. It's like there's a couple. I don't really see one in particular. I don't, I don't really think any like are good enough to blindly do that strategy. But right. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's one that stands out. Like wow, this is. This like last gonna, year with Sam Fran, for sure. Ice bath for a couple days, type of, you know, or whatever. See who? Last year with Sam Fran. 
Right. I mean, Sam okay. Fran beat you, beat you up last year, but I don't see one this year. Like I agree with Dave, I just don't see one in particular that well, you can really have, stands you can, out. You can fade. I mean, you can fade a couple of them, but to bet it blindly, I, I think he's saying his thing was whenever you played Seattle or Pittsburgh before, you could almost play it blind because yeah. it couldn't be factored in enough because the. The right. game was just so physical, it really wore him out. So that that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean that that I, was a good one. Yeah, those that was a five year run. It really was. I, I like you said, Mike. I, I like there. Yeah, San Francisco was kind of like that. I just I don't know if it's like the football is like such an aerial thing now. But I, I'm trying. You know, I, but if you ever find that real nasty, mean, physical team, you know, watch for that for teams struggling the week after they play them. Well, your Virginia theory is like totally out of nowhere, but it makes sense. You play this, this slow-paced, boring game, and then next game you're just you're antsy. You're only 20 years old. You, you want to run. You want that makes sense. I mean, the logic makes sense. Yeah. I don't know how it will do, but it it, def, it definitely well, we'll, we'll watch makes it. Leans plays. We'll watch it for a few weeks, and we'll you know we'll, we'll, we'll say we'll it works or we'll shoot holes next week. We'll <laughs> tell you guys how it did next week, right? Yeah. I mean, so well, okay. so far it's one and zero. Kent State, you know, come back from them, and you know. Uh, put up eighty uh-huh. on, and one by fourteen and covered. So it's one and zero. It's one and zero right now. When we when we go like nineteen and you know whatever it is, <laughs> or no, we hope <laughs> we can't go nineteen. But but uh, when we when it does good, then we'll pat ourselves on the back. If it does bad, we'll just never bring it up. <laughs> right? No, we'll bring it up if it if it sucks. We'll bring it up. We'll blame John. John, <laughs> there you go. Just blame me. Uh, Real John, quick, I want to ask you all work. about an overreaction with New England Patriots rocking and rolling last week, and then they make them a five point dog at the Rams. See, to, to me, that's show. not really an overreaction. I can't believe. It. To me, it still seems like they're the Rams shouldn't be laying that many. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I just think the Patriots. That was that was like uh, not fair. That was Belichick against a rookie quarterback, and I, the Patriots. Sharp money was all over the Chargers too. Did you, did you I, see that? I mean, yeah. I, I just I think the Patriots. The Patriots are so one dimensional. The Patriots, you way to play them is at halftime. If they're down, you fade them. If they're ahead, you play on them. Uh, but I think they're so one dimensional. I kind of think the Rams. Um, that Rams defense is going to make life. I, I just don't see points from the Patriots this week. Really struggling for points. All right. It's a different type of defense as well. I mean, the way that um, the San Diego defense has been decimated by injuries the entire year, and the Rams play man-to-man. They play just man-to-man across the board. It's going to give, a, it's going to give Cam Newton a much smaller passing window. So much tougher – team to play than the Chargers do. All right, David, miss seeing you in studio, uh, but it's always fun to get together. But terrifying, fellas, hard to believe. Uh, week 14, how the fastest fe- season's flying by. SportsInsiderRadio.com. The guys are there. You heard the phones ringing. You want to give them a shout. Uh, look forward to talking with you again. More than anything, look forward to seeing all you guys. we got to get uh, John and Mike back out here one of these days. Absolutely. You got it, boss. All right, boys. Have a great week. All right. All right. We'll do it again next week. Same time, same place. Uh, Check it out. SportsInsiderRadio.com.
It's the Vegas Board. Tuesday morning at 10 on AM 1400, KSHP North Las Vegas, and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar says final authorization for an emergency distribution of a coronavirus vaccine could come within days. The FDA assessment showed that the vaccine was around 95% effective, was efficacious across different groups, including the elderly and people with comorbidities, and did not show any significant safety concerns. Azar telling a briefing that 20 million people could be vaccinated by the end of the year, with another 50 million coming by the end of January. President-elect Joe Biden is formally introducing his pick for defense secretary. Retired four-star General Lloyd Austin would be the first African-American to run the Pentagon if he is confirmed.